All right, we're back with another episode of Over Here. This time, we're back with Alan Blanchard. We're talking about the This Is Jazz Today playlist available on Spotify. If you haven't checked that out, just type that name into the search bar of Spotify. You can find and subscribe to this playlist where we add some of the best releases uh, from that month, the previous month, on uh, the beginning of each month. So we're talking about the releases that came out in July today and talking about that now in August. So, Alan, thanks for being here. Thanks for putting this list together. Yeah, of course, man. It's always uh, it's always a pleasure to try and <laughs> see what the new stuff is out there. Yeah, and uh, you were saying that uh, there's a, a lot of um, more historical releases this, this time than in other months. Yeah, and I mean, I've seen them for maybe the past two months. They've, they're starting to be more and more. Um, or maybe I'm just being more aware of them now, but, uh, supposedly they're, they're some unreleased records that some labels have found or, or they've been like, you know, only released in Japan or overseas or something. Um, they're now starting to become available to the United States, which is really cool to find, you know, because it's, you know, you think you've always heard all of or tons of, you know, someone that is sadly no longer with us and then they discover new music of them, which is great. Yeah, and I think that uh, the reason behind, and we were talking about this kind of before, but is that uh, in the spring, kind of all the big artists put out records so they can tour them over the summer, and now that we're kind of getting to the end of the summer and starting to get back into school mode, everybody's like, oh, yeah, we're going to check out these historical releases and get back into, like, the academic mode. And then we're into the holiday music time. Always everyone's favorite time. (laughs) Hey, there's some Um, great holiday releases, and I can't wait till we get there. (laughs) <laughs> uh, um, so let's jump right in here we'll go, We've got 10 tracks To add to the playlist this week This month And uh, So why don't you tell us about number 10 Yeah So number 10 is uh, Bobby Sanabria's uh, Multiverse Big Band Okay and they did this uh, This entire record is, Which they called West Side Story Reimagined which was really weird for me. And I, I don't know about you, but I know, like, personally, my mom, like, she's a huge West Side Story fan, and I remember when she, you know, showed me this as a kid. So it was really, uh, it was kind of surreal to go through and listen to all this stuff because they're not necessarily, um, like, it doesn't feel <laughs> like just tunes from a show or something like that. It's really kind of like a production uh, type value, and it's, you know, I picked America off there um, because it was just a song that I had always known. Like, they have all the, the classics on here, like the Jet song and Maria, you know, and whatnot. But it's it's very, uh, it's a very interesting piece. It's certainly something that I don't think that a lot of people have uh, listened to this type of a uh, approach before. But it's kind of cool to see how he took basically this entire, you know, orchestral soundtrack for a musical and then reimagined it into what he calls his multiverse big band and whatnot and it's 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 really awesome and is it, are they all like individual arrangements or do they kind of like follow all of the um underscore and stuff like that or is it just like the tunes um for, for some yeah for others no you know like example like they have an intro track that leads directly into it. And I'd be interested to see how they put this on um, live mm-hmm. versus on the record. But it seems like they have a lot of 
like what it, what it reminds me is when you get like a musical score, like if you're playing in a pit and then you see like here's the intro music leading into the next number, you know, here's here's this going into the next number. So I haven't listened to it all the way through yet, but it just like looking at it, it looks like someone took the musical book that they sat in front of them and then they just went number by number and then, you know, made it, you know, he made it into this big band type arrangement to try to break it all down. Mm-hmm. Nice. And that's cool. Yeah. I mean, it was the uh, 100th anniversary this year of Bernstein's uh, birth, I suppose. He would have been 100 this year. Yeah. And uh, so it's cool. I mean, there's not too many versions of like the West Side Story stuff in the jazz canon. Uh, there's some, but not, not too many and not as many as you might think. So. I'm a big fan as well, yeah. and I, I I released one tune this year, Maria, also from West Side Story, for that same reason. And uh, yeah, I mean, yeah, let's keep on going. Sorry, go ahead. Yeah, um, no, you're good. So number nine that I have is uh, Eddie Palmieri's new track or new record, I guess you could say, Full Circle. Um, and this is cool for me because I certainly haven't uh, delved. Or, or dove into as much uh, Latin jazz or like, you know, authentically like Latin or, uh, music like this. So it was great to see this comes out. And he, I picked a big band version that he had at the end. Most of it's a trio or a small group with some vocalists and whatnot. But the very last track, he also has a, Vominus uh, Paul Monte, he also has as a small group as an opening track. They have a big band extended version of it at the end, which has, uh, you know, Brian Lynch on it, which is one of, uh, my favorite, uh, Latin influenced jazz trumpet players down there at the University of Miami. Um, and it was great because it, it certainly, uh, it, it has like that feeling of like authenticity and, and being like just truly genuine. Um, and it's, it was, <laughs> it's something like when you listen to it, you just smile all the time, you know? And it's cool to be able to uh, expose yourself to that, to to other cultures and stuff that I have not checked out nearly enough of, you know. Um, it was certainly hard to pick one of the tracks off of it, uh, but I, I just thought it was kind of cool what he ended up doing with the big band at the end. Yeah, man, he's been doing it for a long time with big bands, small bands. Eddie Palmieri just, you know, he always has always had... Uh, Lots of horns in his band, and uh, he's getting up. He's getting up there. Did you happen to see what? How old he is when you were checking out? Um, I didn't, but I know that like he wasn't someone. You know, he was someone that I had always checked out. Like I've mm-hmm. seen his name around and everything, um, but I can't say he's ever been someone that I'm like, oh, I have you know, tons of their records or whatnot. Mm-hmm. Um, Let's see. He was because I just looked it up since you asked. He was born in '36. Okay, so yeah. So he's yeah. He's 80. But I mean, too. like, I was just amazed that like who who he's played with and and some of the other projects he's worked on, you know, um, which is yeah, one of the best things about original. doing it. Yeah. 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 So you're saying the best things about doing this is. Oh, like doing this this playlist that you asked me to do. I'm just always like I'm always finding newer people and younger people that are that are doing stuff. But then you also find these other guys, like Eddie Palmieri, who I always knew that he was a big deal or whatnot. But I had never just really delved in and, and checked out his stuff. Yeah, man. Well, now you'll be able to 
keep on keep on looking. I know he has a couple other records, not too old, uh, before this one. But uh, let's keep going to number eight, the Verve Jazz Ensemble. So tell, what is this? Yeah. Um, well, I had you know never heard of this ensemble before. Um, Alexa Tarantino had mentioned to me that I guess she was on this recording session with him. And so I finally saw that it came out and I was checking it out. And, you know, it's run, it's, uh, Josh Feldstein's band, the drummer. And so I was listening to it, checking some of it out, and they had, you know, some takes on classic standards and whatnot. Um, and it, it was just really enjoyable all the way, man. The track I picked for number eight was Tangerine, uh, standard that I love listening to, you know, all these great versions. I remember, I think the first time I heard it might have been like Harry Connick Jr. or somebody doing it. Um, and on this one, the, the band itself, I think they have, it, it's like a septet now that they've added on two other uh, horns. But usually they're in a quintet, and for this track, they're actually doing a trio, um, which was one of the reasons I picked it, because it's so... The it was very interesting and, and enjoyable to hear how differently the trio sounded when they were playing as a trio versus when they were playing as a quintet or something. Um, it was almost like they took on this whole different, like the trio had like a different persona when they played rather than versus when they played as a band. So, hmm. I mean, it's a great, um, it's a great record and enjoyable I found so far. Like they also have uh, that that big band chart intermission riff on here. Um, mm-hmm which I didn't pick for this, but they do it with, like, a backbeat, which is kind of cool. Um, so it's just interesting to hear, like, different in- interpretations of, you know, classic tunes. So so say again, whose band is this? It's not by the label verse. It's not. Um, the, I don't know where the, exactly the name, the Verve Jazz Ensemble, came from, um, but the band, technically, the, the leader of it is Josh Feldstein. Okay, I don't know him. Yeah, he's some, I hadn't heard of him either before this. So supposedly he's like, uh, he's a New York City local or, or native. He grew up there. Uh, he went to Queens College, which is where he got his, uh, like degree and whatnot. Um, and they've been putting this together and it's just so like, you know, I had never heard of it, like I said, until Alexa had mentioned it. But then I started to notice like other people that were in it was like Tatum Greenblatt. Mm-hmm. Um, great trumpet player who that I've uh, started to become more and more aware of and whatnot. Um, and so I haven't, outside of him and, you know, Alexa and, and John Blank a little bit, I haven't really heard too much of the other guys in the band. But I wasn't disappointed at all when I heard, you know, the music. But supposedly this is like their fifth album or something. Mm-hmm. But they just started to add in more horns. Gotcha. Yeah. Nice. Well, it's always nice to see a familiar name, I guess for me at least, not at number seven, uh, a guy who I've played with a bit in New York. And I'm extremely jealous that you get to play with him because Troy Roberts is someone that, gosh, I think uh, some friends of mine turned me on to him freshman year of college, and he's just, you know, blows my mind, you know, coming from, First off, Perth, Australia, not, mm-hmm. you know, I know they got a pretty good music school over there, but you don't really think of Australia being some big jazz mecca. Um, but this guy, you know, goes and is a finalist in like the Thelonious Monk competition and everything and just a, a great tenor saxophone player. 
um, puts out this new record, New Jive Perspective, of which I chose uh, Jack the Sipper off of. Um, but again, there's tons of tracks on this record that I enjoyed listening to. Um, and it's just, I mean, it definitely has that uh, the more modern feel, I guess you could say, um, with keyboards being used, and it's not like straight-ahead jazz or whatever, but it's a great record to listen to, and it's very, you know, it's always enjoyable to listen to uh, Troy Roberts play. Yeah, man, there's a whole scene of guys that grew up in Perth, then that are in New York or were in New York. There's there's Troy. There's there was also if you knew Matt Jodrell, trumpet player, he moved back home. But um, and also a bass player, Desmond White. All three of those guys I know are from Perth. So there's a whole we call it kind of generation scene of cats that came to New York from from Perth, which is kind of like yeah, it's a strange random town from Australia. See, and I didn't even know the other guys besides Troy. And I only got. Um, the only reason I really found out that Troy Roberts was from Perth is because I had a friend that was uh, looking at auditioning, I guess, for their graduate program. And I was like, uh, what's, you know, yeah, in Perth. And I was like, what's going on in Perth, Australia? And he's like, well, that's where Troy Roberts went to school. And I was like, oh, or that's where he's from. And I was like, wow. Yeah. It's, uh, yeah, there's big, there's things happening all all over, man. Perth is literally as far as you can get from New York, though. It's basically exactly the opposite side of the, the Earth. I tell you. But that was not my not favorite to think travel day from Perth to New York. <laughs> but, yeah, and Troy now is playing with uh, Joy DiFrancesco. So if people have uh, heard the new Joy DiFrancesco record, they've heard Troy on there, so maybe they want to check out Troy's own projects. Yeah, which is... Not because Joey Francesco, you know, obviously a monster, not only organ but also trumpet. Yeah, and I feel like Joey's been playing more trumpet lately. At least I've seen on either Instagram or something. I feel like he's playing trumpet. Yep. Yeah, just it's rubbing it in all of our faces that he can do both. <laughs> I know, man. Playing in B flat and C at the same time that blows my mind. Yeah, <laughs> it blows all of our minds, man. It's 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 nuts. He definitely takes the whole, make sure you can play piano and whatever other instrument you want to a whole different level, you know. Yeah. Uh, okay, well, let's get back to it here. Uh, let's see. The next track, My Shining Hour, also by the Brewer of Jazz Ensemble. I guess you really like this record, huh? Yeah, I mean, it was like it. The reason I wanted to pick this one twice was, like I said, it, it was practically listening to a different band, I felt. Mm-hmm. Um, because this one is actually the quintet which I guess to my understanding is like, you know, kind of started trio or maybe a quartet, and then they went to the quintet, where, um, which is the addition of Tatum, uh, Greenblatt, and John Blank, right? And so that was, I guess, the next addition or whatnot, and that was kind of the core five mm-hmm. before they started to add on the others, um, which would be, you know, Alexa and uh, trombone player Willie Applewhite. And, you know, oh, yeah. I, might, I de- might definitely be getting, like, this progression of musicians wrong. <laughs> but to my understanding, that was kind of how it went. Um, and so, like I said, you know, it was just – My Shining Hour is another great uh, – is another favorite team of mine that I've enjoyed listening to a lot. Uh, Tatum takes a great solo on here. And it's just – like I said, I for some reason, just the way that they approached playing the different tunes, it just felt like 
a different band. And, you know, I know, like, obviously with a piano trio, you have a little bit more, a little bit more, a lot more leeway and, and different things you can do when you're trying to uh, play a tune. But it's just, it, you know, it didn't, the change of pace was very uh, enjoyable to listen to, you know, and it definitely something that like, catches you off guard in, in some ways. Because usually you're like, you know, so-and-so, they're going to play like themselves, you know, whatever, wherever you put them in. Um, but it's just, it was, it was a completely different vibe and very enjoyable to listen to, man. Nice. I'll have to check it out. So it looks like now here we're getting into a little bit of these historical releases. Yeah. And, you know, they're certainly, uh, in the top five on the list because, <laughs> I mean, it's who they are. Like this one sure. is Dexter Gordon's record, uh, from Tokyo in 1975. Um, another standard that I love, Days of Wine and Roses, beautiful song. Um, the band's great. It's Dexter Gordon. This is the main quartet. Dexter Gordon on tenor, Kenny Drew on piano, uh, Inha on bass, and then Tootie Heath on drums. Mm-hmm. So they, to my understanding, the way that this record was from was it was from actual uh, several dates that they did in, that he did in Tokyo. Uh, and they have some different uh, drummers on some various dates and whatnot. Like, also on it is uh, Eston Rudd on drums on one of the tracks. Um, Lewis Hayes is on drums on one of the tracks. And then on piano on, on uh, track six, I think, they have Lonnie Matthews and then uh, Stafford James on bass on that track as well. So, basically, to what my understanding is what happens, is this is the recording is actually from between, like, 1973 to 1975 before he kind of came back and did his uh, uh, his record Homecoming on Columbia in 96 at the Village Vanguard. So supposedly they they found like these tunes that had not been released yet or maybe they had just been released overseas and they were able to you know get it uh, produced for the U.S. and they selected some of the, the better recordings quote unquote or whatever they want um, from uh, various years. So four of the tracks, the only ones besides Rhythming and Old Folks off the record are actually all from the same date, October 1st in Tokyo. Uh, the other ones are from like 1973 and 1977 or something like that. Um, but it's a great track. You know, it's always, I, I'm a huge fan of live albums because I think it's really cool to hear, you know, to get as close you can to checking out like the actual show <laughs> without yeah. actually being there, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's very enjoyable, and I'm a huge fan of uh, Inhop and his bass playing, especially. You know, I first checked him out when with like Joe Pass when he was doing that, and then from his Oscar Peterson recordings and whatnot. But it's just a great rhythm section behind Dexter Golden, and he's just, you know playing amazing stuff, but able to make it come across in such a, such a simple way that anybody can catch on to, which is always uh, a great pleasure to hear. Yeah, and maybe you should uh, let people know who Enhop is if they don't know. Yeah, I, I'm sorry. His, so full name, and I'm hoping I can pronounce this right, is Neil Henning Orsted Pedersen. Yeah. Okay. Um, he's a great Danish bass player. Um mm-hmm. To my understanding, he really for like his technique that he used with like he used four, all four fingers. Um, and supposedly just this 
this very virtuosic bass player, uh, as far as technique goes. Um, you know, bass players, if you check this out, forgive me for not knowing more about that. But he has that, um, at least what I hear when I hear him play, is kind of like that Ron Carter sound, um, uh-huh. where it's not, I don't want to say it's a, uh, it's electric, but it's certainly not like just straight acoustic playing. You know, you can actually hear the fact that it's going through an amp and whatnot. It's this very big, uh, uh, booming and authoritative bass sound, which is just, it, he's always great to hear play because you could, you know, take the rest of the band away <laughs> and he's still there. Yeah, man. All right. Well, speaking of Ron Carter, I think he's on the next record. Yeah. Yeah. Um, obviously huge fan of Ron Carter, uh, who isn't a huge fan of Ron Carter. So there's this duo record that came out, uh, this month called Remember Love. Uh, it's between Houston Person on tenor sax and Ron Carter. Um, and they did a bunch of duets, which is just, I mean, they all kind of feature both of them, obviously, in one way or another. There's some where Houston Person starts off playing uh, simply a cappella by himself. Um, so this track that I picked here is uh, Love is Here to Stay, which is the opening track that they have on the album. Um and it's just, it, it's great. It starts off with uh, Houston playing, and he kind of has, you know, this very uh, airy tone, which mm-hmm. is something that I feel like you don't hear a lot with uh, more modern tenor sax players. You know, and again, sure. that might just be me not knowing a lot. Um, but it was really refreshing to kind of hear that approach um, and just, you know, playing duo is something that is, at least I found to be incredibly difficult, um, especially when you're playing duo with the bass, because yeah, they're they're weighing down what the harmony is, and they're able to have the time moving, but there's so many, um, there's so much room for Houston person to to fill in harmonically and what he's going to do in between. But it's a very uh, delicate thing. In my opinion, mm-hmm. I, know, I mean, I know you've done a lot of duo recordings, um, but it's a great record to listen to, and it was very hard to pick. Um, I think I ended up putting two tracks from the record on here, but it, it's hard to pick because it's you know it's a ten track record, and all of them are just great. It's just stuff that you would you could put on, and you're you're not going to get tired of listening to, you know. Mm-hmm. Is this a, a new record, or is this a, a historical one? This is a new record, to my understanding. Mm-hmm. Oh, so is it like a Smoke Sessions record? Um, they are on, oh, I wrote it down. They're on a High Note Records. Oh, High Note. Cool. Yeah. Nice. Uh, okay, and so next, oh, a classic, classic tune here from, from Woody Shaw. Yeah, um, okay. You said enough of it already. Rosewood. I Look, this is a beautiful melody. I love this tune of Woody Shaw's. Um, and this kind of goes back to another historical record. Um, so this is called, the record's called Tokyo 1981, which at this point, you know, they're just naming, you know, this is the year we're kind of putting out. It's from Tokyo. Um, but it's, it's incredible. He, Woody Shaw is just a phenomenal trumpet player, without a doubt, across the board. The things that he does on the trumpet are ridiculous. Um, and so this record also has a great band with Woody Shaw, Steve Teray. On it, uh, Mulgrew Miller, James Stafford playing bass, and Tony Reedus on drums. And so, 
supposedly what happened was all of these tunes are from the same year except for one of them um, of the Paris Reunion Band, which was from 1985. But regardless, it's it's great, like I said, uh, kind of with the um, – with the Dexter Gordon record we were talking about, it's great to be able to go back and hear this stuff, especially when Rosewood was kind of, you know, it was from his first major label release when he was with Columbia. And so it's kind of weird that it's first off, it's like a, I think it's like a 69 bar melody or something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's just, it's like when I think of Woody Shaw, this is one of those tunes that, that I think of, you know, and when I think of her, and, and there's a couple of others, but, like, this is one of the melodies that I think of. And I'm like, that is, like, just an embodiment of how he approaches melody and, and whatnot. Totally. Yeah, and to hear the band, uh, you know, live, that was, that's, that's the classic Woody Shaw band. That's, uh, you know. Yeah. When they, when they were touring all the time. R- right. And it's great because, like, the other songs that they have on here are still other um, very popular or like classic Woody Shaw uh, songs, you know, like theme for Maxine or Maxine, mm-hmm. which you hear on a lot of his other records, uh, or at least I do when I'm scrolling through Woody Shaw stuff, you know, and then he has his own version around midnight, which is great. And it's just all in all a, a very, uh, enjoyable record with, like you said, the, the Woody Shaw band, but it's not, it's not like, oh, I'm, you know, he's playing exactly what I expect him to. He's still amazing you, <laughs> as Woody Shaw should and always will. Yeah, well, that's great. I'm going to have to check it out. I haven't listened to it yet, so i got to get it downloaded straight away. <laughs> uh, and now, oh, wow, Harold Garner. That's not a name you see all the time these days. Ah, um, and so what this one I found was, you know, it, again, it's another um, historical record, uh, to my understanding. Um, Earl Garner playing the trio um, in a live concert that they recorded. Um, and I'm trying to find the date that they recorded this concert. Um, well, the band is obviously Earl Garner, Eddie Calvin on bass, and Kelly Martin on drums. And it's exactly what you'd expect with Earl Garner with his very uh, unique way to approaching the melody, um, which is great. And it's just, I can't, I haven't seen a lot of his uh, stuff being re-released like this or, or, or historical records coming out. Uh, but it's on Mac Avenue uh, Records. And easy to love, you know, it's just another tune that um, I'm a huge fan of. And I'm glad that it that he's able to do this new version of it, or I guess new to us, you know. Um, I'm not seeing where they recorded it though. But yeah, well, that's okay. I mean, I can't imagine. I mean, he's you know of even the previous you know generation of than like Ron Carter and Houston Person. So I'm sure there's not that. Many. Oh, here we go. So they yeah. so it was captured at a midnight jazz concert at the Royal and. Sorry for pronouncing this. Concert Jibu in Amsterdam. Oh, Concerto Bow, yeah. Uh, yeah, okay. And it was recorded on November 7th, 1964. And so it's the live concert version of that, um, or, or of that concert is taken right there, all of them there. And then they, um, these 
engineers, I guess, you know, remastered and found these uh, old tapes and were able to put it out in a new format. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, certainly a great, great album to listen to. Uh, being able to hear his music, you know, sadly, from when he was alive, you know, a lot of that stuff is not always at the best recording quality. Right. And so it's great to hear it refurbished in this manner where they're going through a bunch of standards too, you know, Night and Days on here, Cheek to Cheek, My Sunny Valentine, What Is This Thing Called Love, Laura, et cetera. And just tons of, uh, tons of great stuff from again, like we were talking about that, that live concert format, which gets you as, as close as you really can to it. Yes, indeed. All right. We've made it. We just had number two. We've made it all the way up to number one. So what was your, your top pick for this month? Yeah. So, there were a couple stuff. I was, basically, I was really thinking about putting one of the historic records as number one. Um, they mm-hmm. were, you, you know, because there's just so much good stuff on that. But I kept coming back to, you know, as as I was just listening to music on my own, driving in the car or something like that, this this record that Houston person, Ron Carter, did remember love. Um, and so I, I put that at the top of the list. I picked for this one, Blues for DP. Um, I'm not sure who DP is that they're talking about on this one. But um, it was this great tune that starts off, and I think just exactly like uh, – oh, sorry. I should have known this. DP was his, his tribute to uh, Duke Pearson mm. when he passed in 1980. And so it's just – it was kind of the pinnacle of, of what I always liked with Ron Carter's bass lines is what really struck me to it. Because I was like, wow, he's walking as blues, and it's it's amazing. And so it was like that already um, attracted me to the song. And then you just add in Houston person playing over top of it. You know, it was great. And so simply this one I put the top of the list because I just found it was something that I was like always wanted to go back and listen to again and check out. Um, even out of, you know, not even just the record. Like this tune on the record was the one where, you know, I'd get driving and be like, you know, let me put this on again and listen to it. Um and so certain, you know, even with them being uh, starting, you know, older and, and still playing, though, it's just they still bring it every time, which is just something that hopefully, you know, I strive to do in, in my later years. Oh, but yeah. Again, right here yeah, man. Amazing. Awesome. Well, that's 10 tunes. I know there's lots more out there that we didn't include this time around, but, you know to get people on a journey to kind of see what's happening because there's a, there's so many records coming out every week. It's so hard to keep track. So this is a great, great place to start and keep on, you know, on track with what's happening. So if people enjoy this, they can kind of see your previous lists and listen back to other podcasts that have uh, us talking about those releases uh, from the last couple of months and then uh, subscribing on, on which we call Spotify. Uh, to uh, to see what's coming up next. So thanks again, Alan, for putting this together, and uh, I guess we'll see you in about a month. Yeah, of course, man. So that is this week's, this month's Spotify playlist, This Is Jazz Today. And if you want to hear that, go on Spotify, search for This Is Jazz Today. It's under the Outside of Music account, and you can subscribe to that playlist so you can see the new tracks each month that we add there to see what we're checking out, to see what we're thinking about, and then you can hear about the records every month when you listen to the podcast. So thanks for being here. So glad you could 
check out this podcast and everything that's happening with outside outside in music. There's so many great releases this summer. I hope you're able to check some of them out. Uh, some really awesome CDs, really awesome artists that are putting out original music. So please support them. And thanks for being here. We'll see you again real soon. We're going to take the rest of August off from the podcast so that some of our podcast creators can get a chance to reset for the fall and have even bigger and better guests, have even bigger and better podcasts. So that's what's happening. So you might see a couple dead weeks here, but we'll be back at it in September for the 2018-19 season. So thanks so much for being here. We can't wait to share with you all the new stuff next year, uh, next season, meaning starting in the fall. And yeah, we're just so glad you could be here. So thanks for listening, and we'll see you in a week.